You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey there, Mackie and Jeb with Rhyming listeners. We're asking you to help us improve the listener experience of this show, whether it's segments, advertisements you hear, you name it, by going to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, and filling out a quick survey. You can help make the show better. Please help us cater this show and the ads to what you want. Scorenorth.com, keyword MJR. And if you fill it out, Judd will give you an awkward bro hug next time he sees you, I promise. Takes guts and balls. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. I'm sick of the Kirk Cousins primetime thing. It's, it's low-hanging fruit, it's rote, and it's often objectively incorrect. Guys, we have to understand the difference between Kirk Cousins hasn't won in primetime versus what he often hears, Kirk Cousins is terrible in primetime, which is a lie. Here's what's going to happen tonight. The network's going to put up the graphic that Kirk Cousins is 5-13 and 13 in primetime games. What they will not put up is that Kirk Cousins' passer rating, completion percentage, yards per game, are all better in primetime than they are in afternoon games. That's a fact. They won't put up that Kirk Cousins' defenses in primetime give up 31 points per game. They won't put up that in 2017 against the Eagles, he lit them up and lost in primetime. Or last year, he lit up the Rams and lost in primetime. Everybody screaming that he sucks in primetime is a terrible, incorrect take. He has to change that tonight, and I think he will. Good morning football coming in hot today. That was Kyle Brandt from uh, Good Morning Football, which is the what was Kay trying greatest to say? named show ever. He kept going. Kay was trying to say something there. As she was trying to jump in and tell him to stop? I don't know. Yeah, it sounded like it. She's like, <laughs> Kyle, no! I might side with Kay here. Don't <laughs> what, look well, well what, let me ask you guys this, because the, the, there's so many storylines tonight. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, Vikings Ventline after the game is over. Uh, streaming not only on our mobile app, but also in video form on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. There's so many storylines coming into this game. You've got Case Keenum coming back to U.S. Bank Stadium. you got Adrian Peterson coming back, playing the Vikings again. Uh, you've got Kirk Cousins playing Washington. Kirk Cousins playing in primetime. What is the storyline you guys are most interested tonight? I mean, because of Alex Boone's comments, it's Adrian Peterson. <laughs> like, see, I'm not even kidding. Because of Alex Boone's comments, yeah. it is Adrian Peterson for yeah, me. That's fair. It is. And because I, 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 I'm pretty sure that Peterson heard those comments, and he's a dude who's... Oh, he heard them. He definitely heard them. Yeah, exactly. So, and he's a dude who's driven by, on some level, I will prove people wrong. You know what I mean? And I don't know how much is left in the tank, but whatever is left in the tank, Adrian Peterson is going to leave it out on that U.S. Bank field tonight for whatever that's worth. I don't know what it's worth. We asked a question earlier today, and neither is not an answer. Which one are you more worried about getting their revenge, Case Keenum or Adrian Peterson? And I was in the minority last time I checked the poll, and all my co-hosts on Score North Live, it was Case Keenum. I think it's Adrian Peterson. I think a guy like that who, I know he's not great anymore, I'm quite aware of that, but a guy who has greatness somewhere deep down there in him and has revenge in his mind, adrenaline and human emotions can do crazy things like let Kobe Bryant Kobe Bryant drop 60 points on one leg. 
in his last NBA game. Right. right. It's also like, I think... 748 votes, by the way. 54% are saying they're more worried about Case Keenum and the revenge factor than Adrian Peterson. Well, Adrian, I think think it's easy to say, well, you know, he's... He's washed up, and that's been Judd's stance all along. I mean, he is, but he's not—he's not washed up. He's not the player he was. He ran for a thousand yards last year on four and a half yards a carry. That's not washed up. You don't just—you don't just stumble into yeah, a thousand Judd. yards on four and a half yards a carry last year. So it's—it's it's fair to say he's not what he was when he was a Viking running for two thousand yards. But could he break off a fifty-yard run if you don't take him seriously tonight? Yes, yes, he could. He's got a high ankle sprain. He's got a low ankle sprain. I didn't know you could have two sprains in the same ankle. I was not aware of that. And this. he's made it very clear that it, that up to him, he is playing. So he doesn't scare me. Uh, my storyline, <laughs> he just doesn't scare me. My storyline for tonight is this. You did a football sense, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. Not per- okay. Oh, right. no. Yeah, no, no. He would... He could beat me up very badly. Yes, he's a very strong human being. Yeah, no, I mean in a football sense as far as tonight's game storylines go. All right, just what? clarifying. No, 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 no. God, no. I might be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Um, my favorite storyline for tonight would definitely be this. Is the point spread too much? You, you've won three consecutive games. You've got 10 days off. You play Kansas City uh, and Dallas next, which are two form- formidable, very tough and potentially intimidating road games that you certainly would start to think about quickly here, you're favored by 15 and a half points. Mm-hmm. Everybody, include everybody. I haven't talked to any soul who said, boy, Washington, you know, they could surprise. They look like they're just awful. They look absolutely cooked. Their one and six and their one win came against the Dolphins, who are not a National Football League team in 2019. And so I sort of slowed my roll today a little bit, and I'm like, okay, they're not very good. But if we're all saying this, then there's no way that there aren't some players saying, 10 days off, let's go get our fourth consecutive win. You know, we beat the Giants, Philadelphia, Detroit. Just say it. Now let's just go. No, I won't just say it. Say I won't, it. No, I won't say it. I hate just the word. It. No, I'm You're not going to say it. I'm just not, say it. I'm not going to say the word. Just say the, it's a trap game. No, I'm not saying trap You're game. You're saying trap game. I'm saying, I told you on Score North Live, uh-huh. an overlooked game. Isn't he describing a trap game? Yes. Okay. I am describing this is, this an... Is, o- I am describing, this is a trap game. You're, right. saying, you're saying it's a trap no, game. No, yes. I'm not using the word. It's an overlooked game. Human beings tend to overlook things that are considered to be trivial you know what and easy else you might overlook? achievements. A trap. <laughs> That's <laughs> how you fall into it. And if it wasn't such a cliche, I might use it. But you're not getting me to go down that path. So my storyline is is that I am just I'm just curious to see. Do you come out and obliterate them? And at halftime, they Washington does what Oakland and Atlanta basically did, which is mentally gets on the bus and heads to the airport. Or do they hang around? And you know what? Case Keenum doesn't have, as Rami pointed out on Score North Live, he doesn't have a lot of weapons here, but we've seen him handle pressure before. I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, I so curious. I, I was I was I was thinking a little bit. It's a trap game. <laughs> it's a trap game. You can say it. I hate the term. But but here here's the thing. It's, it's, it's not a trap game. It's not a trap game. It's not an overlooked game or whatever other synonym you want to use for trap, Judd. It's uh it's not any of those things. And this and and just to loop in. My thought on this, I the storyline I'm most interested in, it's not really Case Keenum. If he was playing better and Washington was better, and man, maybe they made the wrong decision between Kirk Cousins and Case Keenum. If that was a viable talker, I think I would think that that would be a storyline tonight. It's not. They made the right decision between the two of them, anyways. I mean, right. you know, you're not 100 percent satisfied with Kirk Cousins the last year and a half, but he's been great the last three weeks. And Case Keenum is uh, his carriage has turned into a pumpkin again. Adrian Peterson. You know, it's been fun. 
the Alex Boone comments from a couple days ago definitely sparked some fire back and forth between, well, mostly Vikings fans, I think, being mad at Alex Boone, right? <laughs> for being honest. But the storyline I'm most interested in is, can the Vikings, in a primetime situation on a short week, throttle an opponent that they should? Can they just keep... Can they keep this thing moving forward the way that it should be moving forward into that Kansas City game? Can you hold serve, not just by winning, but by getting your starters some rest in the fourth quarter tonight? And so I was, at first I was kind of looking at this and thinking along the lines of Judd, which is Thursday night games are weird. You never know what's going to happen. Kirk Cousins in prime time. Kirk Cousins against his former team. And then I went through the last four games Washington has played. They've scored 3-7-17 against the Dolphins and zero points. They're not going to score. Like how? Even if they get a punt return for a touchdown and the most points they can score in this game is like 14 or 17. So unless we think the Vikings offense is incapable at home tonight of grinding out 17 or 20 points, this is not attractive. This shouldn't, be a, this shouldn't be a close game. Anything short of a blowout which should be disappointing to Vikings fans. Like a, it should be, you should win by at least two or three scores against this Redskins team. They're not good at playing football, and they have very little interest in playing football right now, much less winning football. It's a bad football team that has quit and given up. They fired their coach five weeks into the season. Five weeks into the football season, they fired their coach. That's a team that's done in week seven. There's no way you shouldn't go out there and trounce them with the momentum that the Vikings have going right now. That's absolutely fair. Yeah. They they might not care to. You, you might be right. They might not care. They they might not show. There's up one guy who up. cares. It's Adrian Peterson. Well, I think Keenan will too. But you might be right. They they might just as a whole. They might be collectively say, okay, you know what? Thursday night means ten days off, <laughs> and we are a really sorry sack of a team. So you could be right there. I honestly think that I've been saying this for three days now, and I think Judd said it in his morning Judd video. I think this might be an Irv Smith game tonight. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know if you know who's the third? Who's the Who's going to be the second receiver, third receiver? Not Irv, Irv Smith. Like, Irv Smith should be targeted in Adam Thielen's absence tonight. Let's assume that there are 10 to 12 extra targets to go around. And let's say Irv Smith was going to get, like, three to five targets anyways. I think Irv Smith should get eight to ten targets tonight. I yep. think you put him out there, and I think you let this be the breakout Irv Smith game. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's uh, Diggs is going to play a lot, but probably be doubled. So I'm not saying he won't catch passes because it's Washington. He probably will, but it's going to be a little bit tougher. I think BC Johnson gets the ball. I think BC Johnson's good. The one thing, the one where I would, if I'm Kubiak Stefanski, one guy now, I would not tempt Kubafanski. Kubafanski. If I'm them, the, I like the one place I would not tempt fate, <laughs> I would not tempt the Lord, is Laquan Treadwell. If I put him out there consistently, number eight's going to throw to him. And I can't have that. He could tip the ball. It could get picked off. He can drop the ball. That's not good. I think this is the perfect game to tell Irv, all right, Irv, everything that we've asked you to do so far through, what, seven games now? You've done really, really well. We'll give you the ball more. It's Washington. Short week. I think it works. Uh, Hal tweets in, and, and I've seen this from a few people today, what about the Buffalo game from 2018? I brought that up this morning. But you got to remember a couple things about that Buffalo game. Number one, we thought Buffalo was terrible. Buffalo has actually turned out in the last year and a half to be a team on the rise, a team that might make the playoffs this season. So Buffalo wasn't as bad then as we thought, and they weren't as bad then as Washington is this year. Washington is every bit as bad as we think. We're yes. not. We're in in you know 
Next year, this time, we're not going to go, you know, that Washington team, much better than we thought it was. No, no this is... They're losing 13 or 14 games. Yeah, this is a yeah. bad football team. Uh, and the other thing I would point to, if I'm not mistaken, that was the week that Everson Griffin had major mental health issues and, and a breakdown. And it, it, it just felt like a combination of a shook locker room. They were dealing with the Everson Griffin thing behind the scenes, and they probably took an opponent lightly, too. I mean, they definitely took Buffalo lightly. That's and they, what weren't, I would... they weren't as engaged in that game as they probably should be. They were not. And I just don't I don't think there's any signs that this team isn't going to come in fully engaged in this game. I mean, think about this. The starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins, this is going to be, for better or worse, for better or worse, and it could be a bad thing, this will be the most engaged he is no, don't all cr- yeah. season. That's no, no, that's not. He wants a no. you like that moment that's against this in, franchise. That's not an encouraging thing. I don't need that. No, no, Kirk. <laughs> I'm saying, Kirk, we just need you to take this game. You, don't, don't see a name. Don't see a nickname. Don't see jerseys. Don't see helmets. This is Team X, and they suck. Okay? You like that? You like that? Yeah, the worst thing Kirk Cousins can do going into this game is put undue pressure on himself. Pretend it's a dolphin. You like that? Yeah. I would like it if you put undue pressure on yourself, Kirk. I would. Just pretend it's the Dolphins. It's all you have to do, Kirk. We don't need... Seriously, because I do think that Thursday night, your former team, like he, human emotion has an effect on how these guys play. I think that the, the, the one pitfall that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings could find themselves in, and the recipe to lose this football game is he's a little too hyped up, a little too overamped, he overthrows a guy or underthrows a guy, and it lands in a Redskins' hands. They take it back for six, and all of a sudden the Vikings find themselves down. The Redskins have a little momentum going, and it, it's it's off on a bad foot. That's the only way that the Vikings lose this game or it's even close. So I, if I'm the Vikings, I'm saying don't, I don't care if it's your fault. You like that? No, you like calm that? down. Calm down, Kirk. You're like me now. <laughs> Calm the hell down. Just go out there and beat a bad football team. Don't put any pressure on yourself of getting revenge, of it being prime time. Just go play football, dude. I, I just feel weird about this game a little bit because I don't I can't come to in, in my head a way that, that they can possibly lose, and that's when teams sometimes lose. It is. In the NFL in general, when everyone's running in yes, one direction, talked about the this. other thing almost always happens. It was a running theme with Todd Furman every Friday during our picks, but yep. I just feel so confident saying, usually that's the case. 95% of the time, if the public is running this way, run the other way. Yep. Not tonight. But we'll see. Vikings Van Line. By the way, if things don't go the way that they should, Vikings Van Line well, tonight. You don't, if, you, either way. if you don't like that, 651-646-8255. So uh, when we come back here, and by the way, later on, Sage Football Wisdom, we'll talk to Sage Rosenfels about Kirk Cousins, about all things Vikings um, and a lot of quarterback stuff, but I need to ask him about Mitch Trubisky. You would try to hijack that segment to, to talk about your crappy quarterback to. in Chicago. What are, you, what are you doing to yourself? He's not good. You know that the jury is out on whether or not. Oh no, they, no they've uh, returned a verdict. It's not good. I'm yeah. going to say jury's still out. Yeah, well, we'll no, talk about that later. For guilty, my sanity, it was a guilty verdict. Sorry. Uh, when we come back here, you guys, uh, you guys took some shots at me yesterday. You made fun of me for how excited I was for Timberwolves basketball this season, and I need yes, to get your did. thoughts after. An exciting after one game. win last night. Do we owe you an apology? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you'll Coming have a back couple... at us after one game. Can I watch 81 more it? and then he sure is. No, you get can, back to you? You can, uh, you can think about what you said during the break here. While we talk about Federated. <laughs> think about what you've done, young man. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. 
Federated is a proud partner and sponsor of University of Minnesota Athletics and Turnovers for Kids. So one of the cool things about Federated, in addition to helping business owners for over 100 years, they are very charitable. They look for opportunities to give away thousands and millions of dollars to great causes. So for every turnover forced by the Gophers defense this year, Federated donates $1,000 to big brothers and big sisters. I've had a chance over the last two or three years to get to know people inside Federated uh, just on every level. And it's just really fun to see a company with a great mission, with uh, everyone pulling on the same rope. And really, that rope is your rope as a business owner, too. They are invested in your success, and they have over a 100 years of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. To find out more about Federated Insurance and the industries Federated protects, go to federatedinsurance.com. Federated, it's our business to protect yours. The Score North Podcast Network consists of more than a dozen shows, from the Score North Twin Show and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com, the free Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcasts. Step back three, Carl Anthony Towns nails it. Towns, again, Carl Anthony Towns is smoking hot. Carl Anthony Towns lets it fly. It's a three. We are tied at 115. Six seconds left in overtime. The next down by one. Irving lost his footing. Regathers. <laughs> fires off the mark at the horn. And the Timberwolves win it in overtime. Uh, it wasn't exciting at all. Yeah, you guys are right. Not exciting at all. I love awesome. the guy that comes back. Here Mr. One of goes. 162 one or game. one of 82. Yeah. I like the guy that comes in and no, says, See, snooze fast last night. Yeah. Can't imagine why anyone would think that the, this season's going to be exciting. Yeah. You, you guys, know what? I'm, you guys I don't are think right. we said it wouldn't be exciting, Rami. Yeah. You think know what? You guys Judd? said it was going to be dull. No, he's right. You said it wouldn't be exciting? Give Cat the trophy. Give Cat the MVP. Okay. Yeah. And let's start planning the damn parade. Cut the brakes. You're in? Walls. No, You're I'm in? not in. Oh, I'm kidding. Come on. Come on. No. What, do you, what do you think I am? Kyrie, if he didn't muff the ball, he would. they, they would have won that game. Okay. How many, in all seriousness, how many times Kyrie's really good by in that. Wolves history, like in non-KG Wolves history, yep. do the Wolves play a formidable team, a playoff team that added Kyrie Irving? That superstar goes off for 50 points at home. You're on the road. You're the Wolves. And you still win. You know, that's yeah, was like, a, that was, was a very fun game. Wolves-like thing. It was, thing it was a good yeah. game. And I said I like what the Wolves are doing yesterday. Just not, it's not... I don't think it's worthy of top four most exciting seasons or most anticipated seasons in right the history of the Wolves. I hear that. Yeah, that's true. That's he, a little crazy. That. That's all. Yeah, it was top four. Just top get four. It right. Not top five. Uh, sorry. Very specifically sorry. top four. My bad. Yeah. Hey, uh, but, but you know what? The cat, if this is, is going to be Cat's role, and there's no reason to believe it's not going to be, this is going to be fun to watch. There's no question. Imagine that. Okay, so you have a superstar player, dynamic player, probably probably one of the top at least 10 players in a league. And hold on a second here. I got to get this right. You feature that player in a way that allows that player the best of their capabilities. Right. How often have we seen that in sports in this town? Because I don't think it's not like we've had a a lot of uh, generational superstar talents. But man, when we do, it's fun to see a team be like, oh, you know what? We can turn you loose. I mean, last night was such an indictment on Tom Thibodeau. 
I, I Such didn't do an that. Something fell. What just happened? Something I don't fell. Know. Something fell. I slammed my hand down and just to make my point really strong. <laughs> what the ceiling or? And Rami almost got taken out. I don't know. Out. I just heard something fall to my left. Oh, no. It was, <laughs> that, that, was, just, it was. that was just Andrew Wiggins' 22-footer. <laughs> Did it just arrive from Brooklyn? My guy. Actually, okay. There's so many things to dive into off that game last night. But, but put a pin in the Andrew Wiggins thing. But the, to finish the point, Tom Thibodeau actively... Went away from Carl Anthony Towns' strengths the entire time he was here for two and a half seasons. And so, you know, what, whatever happens here with Ryan Saunders and Gerson Rosas and this assistant coaching staff, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to shower them with praise if they get this thing turned around. But really, it's not that hard to start your plan with this guy's one of the 12 best players in the world. Let's just feature the hell out of him. Right. Oh, he shoots three pointers at an historic clip for a seven footer. Let's let him launch some three pointers. Like let's spot let's spot him up and run plays that get him open. That's crazy for threes. That's crazy. Like we had seven footer last night on the court for the Timberwolves Wait. that made seven three pointers. Put him in position to do the things he's good at. Shocking. No, come and on, then man. what's really weird is if that player gets empowered, guess what they do? They try harder at things they previously didn't like as much. Yeah, and their positive energy probably rubs off on the rest of the team. Right? It's great. They might even organize meetups in the offseason with all of their teammates in the Bahamas to get everyone on the same page, which is what Carl Anthony Towns did. I think we should have a score north outing in the I Bahamas. I was say, I'd go to that. That's just me. I'm okay with that idea. How I'm about, in. How about Roseville? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year, Bahamas. We'll see. Bahamas, Minnesota. <laughs> see ya. It's four hours north. So you brought up Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, this is the amazing thing. He's my guy, by the way, but he wasn't uh, at Portions last night. Andrew Wiggins was a minus 26 in a game in which the Timberwolves won by one point. Hmm? So I find that to be fascinating. He was 10 of 27 from the field. Uh, His shot chart included four three-pointers and three two-point jump shots from about 22 feet that he needs to get rid of. And I would even argue get rid of most of the threes, too, unless you're shooting from the corner that you're good at. When he went to the rim, he was great last night. He was like 8 for 11 from the rim. And uh, he rebounded eight times last night. Those are, like he can get eight rebounds in a game, but when the chips are on the table, his instinct is to go to that broken twenty-two foot jump shot with a hand in his face. And they're going back and forth with the nets, and it's like his his instinct kicked in, and there he is, tunnel vision, off the dribble from twenty-two feet with a hand in his face, clank. And Ryan Saunders was furious on the sideline, and that's going to be the thing to watch. They've built this new system. They're shooting efficient shots for the most part. They're putting people in places. They've got, they, they did a whole feature in the pregame on the practice court with the red dots and the green dots showing you here's where you shouldn't shoot from, here's where you should, and that's where they've been working all off season. And he, in the most important time of the game, picks a red dot area to shoot from because that's what he's been wired to do for his whole life. And that was really annoying last Did night. Did you find yourself, I, I would, I think this would probably happen to you even more than it happened to me watching the game. Where you were trying to stop yourself from getting angry at Andrew Wiggins, like mm, like Tom but, Hanks, yeah, and, uh, like mm, oh okay, no, it's it's just a beginning. We're learning. Correct. It's a new thing. It's a process. I'm going to give him a chance. Like I found myself doing that like at least four or five times during the game yesterday, wanting to get mad at Andrew Wiggins and have the same reaction to him that I had last season, but trying to stop myself and say, give him give him some leeway, give him some leash. This is going to be a process for all of them, but I think especially. 
the the spotlight, the focus that's on Andrew Wiggins in this new system, and can he be a part of it? Can they start to tap some of what we thought was in there when he was drafted? I think you have to, on some level, go in with a clean slate here and try and stop yourself from getting crazy about Andrew Wiggins in the first few weeks of the season. This is what, for him, uh, probably in the big picture, big scheme of what these, of what the Wolves are going to do, this is probably a 41-game process, too. I mean, it's going to take a while. This is going to take... He's going, you're going to have to, if nothing else, to see if you can get him, because I don't think this is going to come in 10 games, Phil, and I don't think it, it might come in 20 games. This is going to take a lot of time. And then the question, though, and here, here's the conundrum that, that is going to be so interesting to watch play out. If you start to get him there, and let's not even say it's, it's even close to perfect, okay? But let's just say the shot selection changes. He even misses some, or a lot, but, but it changes. The question then is, if this all starts to come together, is the process meant to include him then or to, to once again get him to a marketable enough value where where you at least consider, and I'm not trying to say that you get a superstar back for him, but if you could get rid of that contract and get one sucker to take it. So, because these guys strike me as being very patient. Well, does another team does another team's front office watch that game? This is the question. Did, did another front office watch that game last night and think, okay, Yep, Andrew Wiggins, the, the light bulb's going off. I think there were certain portions of the game where the answer was objectively yes. He's in there. There's a couple times where he's in there grabbing tough rebounds, and he's a, he's attacking the glass, which is something that he just hasn't been doing throughout his career. And when he gets to the rim aggressively, and by the way, he had a huge basket late in the game after he clanked the 22-footer. Yeah, he, came he followed back. it up and tipped it in. Yep, and so, okay, th- that's good, and he should keep focusing on things like that. But I don't, you know, I don't think... A smart front office would look at what he did last night in total and say, "Oh yeah, all right. Now oh, he's not, now yeah, he's no. figuring it out. Not How good game. is he going to have to be to justify taking on that contract? It's not just yeah, this guy. We might be able to figure him out. We might. This, this is a nice reclamation project, but somebody's taking on a pretty big investment in terms of money and the amount of salary cap it's going to eat up if you traded for Andrew Wiggins. And that's you know? my point is it, it's going to take time to get to that step to ask that question realistically in, in a phone call I think by of the a potential time, suitor. By the time he gets to that point, he's good enough you want to keep him, isn't he? That's my que- but that's my that's my very point is do you then cut bait at that point because you're afraid he's going to regress from there. Yeah, See, I don't, I don't think they know by the way. I think I, I think I they're looking to build him up but, and but see what happens. My point to you guys is don't get close to being mad yet because this is going to be a system and I think there's going to be a lot of nights like last night where there's a lot of pain but Rosas especially my guess is is willing to endure that pain and go through it to get the answer to the question that I asked yeah and the other thing too is I almost feel like I almost feel like Wiggins only got part of the memo with all these changes like new systems new front office I mean when I sat down with him and had that one-on-one conversation a few weeks ago and just flat out said, hey, man, I mean, I've been critical of you, and here are the things that, let's talk about these long twos for a second. And his answer was, so I pointed the criticism and the question at him and his game, Mm -hmm. and hey, I know they're not going to let you shoot these long twos anymore, and he brought the answer to a we. Yeah, we're going to be attacking the rim, we're going to be doing this. And I almost feel like, that game starts last night, and he's thinking, yeah, 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 everyone else is going to be doing these things, but I'm still going to be playing my game for the most part. He shot five more times than anybody else on the court. They have one of the most efficient offensive players in the entire league in Carl Anthony Towns. Towns took 22 shots. Wiggins took 27. Robert Covington 
is a really good he's a really good three point shooter. He was three of six from downtown last night. He's also a guy that can get to the rim. Robert Covington shot sixteen fewer shots than Andrew Wiggins did last night. Jeff Teague has offensive game. He was out there for thirty five minutes. Jeff Teague took nineteen fewer shots than Andrew Wiggins. So as they continue to mold this thing, they can make Andrew better by getting rid of some of these long twos and let's get rid of all of them. Just like never take a long two. Just be extreme with it. Just be Houston Rockets like with it. <laughs> but the other thing is he shouldn't be shooting five more times than anybody else. So they won the game last night, but they won it despite my guy, Andrew Wiggins. His he number, is still his, he's still an anchor for this. His game. shot attempts were a bit inflated though, because to his credit, he was crashing the boards a lot and going for follow tip ins. And that counts that counts as a shot attempt when you go yep. for one of those follow tip ins. And that's so, a start right there. Right, exactly. And that's that's one of the things you want him to do. You want him crashing the boards and a little extra effort in the rebounding and defensive department. So those those shot attempt numbers are a little bit inflated. Based on that, wouldn't you think so? Yeah, and that's but that's but it all. If if all of his shots were from places that he should shoot from, oh yeah, he's probably no. not going ten of twenty seven. Right. No, know? I found myself many times last night going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like everything else is great. You're right, blowing the nuts an- out, except Andrew. For <laughs> Andrew, stop that! <laughs> and then I would just repeat to myself, "Clean slate, clean slate." I'm going he, back to the fridge to get another beer. Clean slate. Here's another, another fun factoid from that game last night. So when did they draw a three-point line on the NBA court? Early 80s? Like 1980? Uh, 81, somewhere there? Yeah, probably around there. Yeah. It's like, like, I don't know, 35, uh, like 40 years ago. ABA thing, if I'm not mistaken, and they brought it over. The Timberwolves shot more three-pointers in last night's game than three teams in the entire 1984-85 season made. So in uh, 1984-85... The Rockets made 41 threes, the Pacers made 30 threes, and the Bulls made 29 threes. The Wolves shot 43 three-pointers last night. It's like they drew this line on the court 40 years ago. Yeah, the NBA introduced the three-point line in the 79-80 season. Okay. So, so almost 40 years to the, to the day. Why did it take the league so long? And the Wolves, the Wolves are at the back end of this. So like a lot of teams, the Suns figured it out with Mike D'Antoni 10 years ago. But why did it take the league so long to figure out, hey, we should probably... Uh, <laughs> We should probably work on maximizing that new line that uh, that they drew out here. Why did know? it take baseball teams so long to go, yeah, we should be trying to hit home runs. Yeah. For so long, we were telling you know kids, just hit it on the ground, yeah. right up the middle. Put the ball in play. And bunt, too. Right, Because exactly. you know what? Because we never did it that way, okay? <laughs> we never did it that way. What are you talking about? We don't do it that way. Yeah, that makes total sense. Find the easiest way to score the most points. Yeah. And we just figured That means out. you bunt the guy to second. Have no, the next John, guy ground, no. Have the next guy ground no. out to second to get him to third. John, no. And then you get the big hit to drive him. No, no, Judd. You just Man. took the hard way there. 651. Dick Bramer and I disagree. 646 <laughs> Miguel in Minneapolis, you're on oh, the show. Oh, there he is again. Hey, hey, I just want to know. I'm coming back, Jay, because I want. I, I'm going to let uh, Minnesota sports fans know that I'm going to start a GoFundMe page. Yep. To get Andrew Wiggins and Kirk Cousins out of town. Wow. Well, that, <laughs> Miguel, your call on Ventline today was absolute fire. It was outstanding. I'm just saying, you can't. When you know that quarterback isn't a Super Bowl winning quarterback and he's winning, now you're trapped. Because now you're like, yeah, and that's fool's gold. I'm telling you, purple and fool's gold. That's why I call them the yikes. <laughs> the yikes. Like it. Yes. <laughs> now, Miguel, you know you're going to have to raise $60 million for that GoFundMe. Yeah, that's a lot of money for GoFundMe, uh, man. 
shoot, I'm helping. I'm hoping the Wilson help chip in. They already done wasted some money on Kurt anyway. Maybe Glenn Taylor will actually come around, and they'll just be like, you know, uh, maybe this, 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 maybe this guy's right. Like, come on, Andrew Wiggins shouldn't even touch a basketball. How can folks find that GoFundMe? What is it listed under? How would I list it? Yeah, what is it listed under? Oh, I, has, have you have you started it yeah, yet? Have you started it yet? How do I find no, it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to get that started right. tonight. I'm tired of lo- I'm tired of being in a state full of losing. This sucks. This sucks. Miguel, that the Vikings have won three in a row. He wants the Vikings to dump. That's the worst thing the that could happen, Mackie. Help me out. Help me. Tell them, Mackie. <laughs> when Kirk Cousins, you know it, Mackie. Help me with the analytics. He's not a Super Bowl quarterback. This defense doesn't have Super Bowl caliber on it either, right? Because they're not creating turnovers. Like, they haven't done that since Zimmer's been here. So you want to be a great defense, create turnovers. Maybe then Kirk Cousins will can, you know, maybe working on a 40-yard field is a lot easier maybe than 60 and 70 for him. Plus, none of the coaches have been around on offense all year. Zimmer doesn't keep offensive guys around, doesn't keep quarterbacks around. This, uh, that's why I judge you Miami, Miami Dolphin this thing and tank it out. Tank it out. He wants a tank. Receivers don't even want to play for the dude. Come on. You just paid them, and they don't want to play for him. I feel like Miguel this needs is, a hug. No, he's been I'm like just, this all I'm day. It's Miguel needs a beer. I'm tired of losing in this town. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to go home and do that now. <laughs> sounds good. All right, Miguel. Thanks for the call, Miguel. Miguel. Enjoy, you, Enjoy your one Enjoy or 12, it. whichever one it is. <laughs> Boy, he's a... Uh... Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not looking for a Vikings win tonight. Sounds like. No, he wants a. He he hmm. wants him to. He basically he said. Tank. He basically said. I think he said they're going to, in his mind, finish with like seven wins. To which we said, well, if that happens, then um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty big. But you think the Vikings are going to win two games the rest of the year? Yeah, that's what he thinks, and that's what he'd like to see because he can't stand him so much and Cousins. No, is, is he saying that he thinks they're going to win if they try? They're only going to win two more games? Yeah, or that he, he would to, like to see them only win seven? No, At this point, he wants best... them to lose the rest. He said he thinks on Ventline today, he said he thinks that they'll win like two more. Miguel, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> He's worked up, okay? I, I didn't know that he said that. I knew that he. I knew that he said some. I think you can find it right now. So, some Twitter hot take account. things because I think they were. Uh, they're, yeah, they're putting that up right now. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, right, was, well. it was quite the meltdown. Well, that was a good preview for Vikings Vent Line, which is going to take place after the Vikings Washington game tonight, right here on Score North and the Score North app, and also video streaming on our Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch accounts. All of them at Score North, S K O R North. When we come back, the quarterback cesspool challenge, gentlemen. Who are the crappiest quarterbacks? This week in the NFL. Are we actually going to dish out some penalties? I know I probably have the most to serve, so I shouldn't be the one asking that question. You say last week was not good for you. We need to start serving some sentences. I don't want them all to pile up. Like, then... Rami goes to a musical. <laughs> I saw that suggested today, and I sort of like that. i got to shut my mouth. You have, you... And it's not just like a high, uh, like uh, musical. It's, like country, sing- musical. it's country singing. No, no, it's like a high school musical. And they sing country songs. Yes. Dude, we need to find... That's a great idea. Can we find... Is like Hopkins High School doing no, a musical no, or something? No, there's got to be one, I can't right? go to one. I can just, no, just, you have to dude, go to one. Yeah, a, high, a wa- high school auditorium. No, yeah, no. You're going to no, high school. No, no, yes. no, 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 no. I'll go with sneaking way, beer. It'll be great. No, no, By the way, Miguel called back. He said the most they... He thinks the most they can win is nine. Oh, okay. He just want to clarify. I thought he said seven. Whatever. I would take that bet a hundred times out of a hundred at this point. They're five and two. They play Washington tonight. You're saying that Watch they're going to They're going to beat Washington tonight, Miguel. <laughs> Watch them completely <laughs> fall apart. Miguel's right. It is the Vikings. It is the Vikings. All right, quarterback cesspool challenge next. 
Jonathan here with the Score North download. Score North has already run contests for up to $50,000 in cash, and we're regularly giving away tickets to local games, gift cards to local restaurants, and much, much more. But in order to reap these rewards, you must have the Score North mobile app available for free right now anywhere or in the Apple or Google Play stores. And uh, with Vikings Washington inching ever closer Reports are coming out that Adrian Peterson is likely to play, according to ESPN's Justina Anderson. So, Vikings fans, what do you think the former Vikings running back will do tonight? One touchdown, two touchdowns, no touchdowns, over 100 yards, under 100. Let us know over at Score North on Twitter, at SKOR North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mac and Jeff Rami. It's hard being a quarterback in the NFL. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. Each week... Mackie, Judd, and Rami look for the worst of the worst quarterback performances. The interceptions. Intercepted! What is going on tonight? The strip sacks. And the ball's out again! And the Bills recovered again! The ineptitude. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. It's the quarterback cesspool challenge on Score North. And that's the fifth interception today. It is quarterback cesspool challenge time, gentlemen, where we look to identify the worst quarterbacks in the NFL every single week. 17 weeks. We can't pick a quarterback more than once. We'll go through some of the rules and make our picks here in just a second. But let's recap last week. What a weird, crazy run of of uh, seven weeks here in that Jonathan has uh, came into last week with three victories, meaning he correctly going into last week identified the worst quarterback three different times. Judd had two victories, Rami with one. Mm. Uh, Judd has also finished last twice, and Rami last three times, and Jonathan last twice. I haven't finished first or last yet in seven weeks. I haven't still I haven't up. won or lost. Are we keeping like st- some sort of standings? Are there yeah. standings? There's a chart. There's a chart. I sent you the Jonathan the spreadsheet. Yeah. Yes. It updates every week. It's very nice. Yeah, in fact, I've got it right up in front of me. Well, let's go. We'll go through the chart, and then we'll go through our picks after I we go through the email. Sorry, what happened last yeah, week? Clearly, that's Thanks how you know. Appreciate it. Picked. <laughs> My bad. Wow. So, uh, Judd thought that uh, and actually Rami finished last last week. You thought Ryan's Patrick was going to be terrible, and he actually put up, I believe, the Dude, best performance of real, any quarterback in this pool challenge. He had a really good game. I was driving back from Wisconsin, and I was listening to uh, NFL radio on satellite, which on Sundays, the rest of the week, it's not very good. On Sundays, <laughs> though, it's like Red Zone Channel on radio. They just drop in on all the games that where teams are close to scoring, and I swear, every five minutes, I was hearing Ryan Fitzpatrick's name, and I was... It's magic, I baby. knew I was losing the quarterback says pool challenge in that moment. 84.3. Eighty-four point three QBR. That's a good passer, a decent passer. On a scale of one to one hundred, it ties the best performance by a quarterback picked in the cesspool challenge this year. Judd picked Mitch Trubisky in Week Four. Can we revisit that? We need to revisit that. I got screwed because Trubisky got hurt. Okay, that was not a complete game. Trubisky would have been. No, I know that, but you know, Rami really screwed up. I just sort of goofed up. (laughs) (laughs) So we can we can safely say that Ryan Fitzpatrick. Picked by Rami last week was the worst pick in the quarterback yes. cesspool challenge so yes. far this season. Yes. All right. I know. All right. The uh, second worst pick last week was Case Keenum. I picked Case Keenum. He actually was above average with a 51.9 passer rating. Uh, Judd, you said Andy Dalton, who safely came in with a 35.6 and QBR. Going into the last game of the week, Phil Mackey, I was sitting fairly confident. I was a little nervous. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I saw that thirty five point six. I'm like, I don't know. I was seeing I wasn't seeing ghosts at that point. <laughs> you were in the clubhouse with a thirty five point six. Yeah. Feeling good about yourself. Yeah, exactly. And then Halloween came early on Monday night at the Meadowlands. Takes the snap. Here comes the blitz. He looks right. Swings it right and it's intercepted. It's bobbled and picked off at about the 18-yard line by Devin McCourty. Sam Darnold threw a hot route up the right sideline, and there was no one there but McCourty. A miscommunication. First pass of the night for Darnold is a pick. Seen ghosts. Sam Darnold's 1.9 QBR makes Jonathan this week's QB cesspool challenge winner. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I've never cheered harder for interceptions more than I did Monday night. That was scary. Amazing. That was terrifying. So Jonathan identifies Sam Darnold, who was seeing ghosts, 1.9 QBR on a 1 to 100 scale. Good for only the second best pick of the season because Trevor Simeon's 1.4 QBR <laughs> in week two, picked by Rami, is still number one. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to top a 1.4. No. I don't know what you'd have to do. You have to have your ankle broken in the first snap of the game. That's exactly right. Again, <laughs> another guy that happen. got hurt early. Jonathan, man, that was four quarters of horse bleep. Yeah, it was. That was very impressive. Really, yes. really impressive. So I don't usually take two athletes too, doing terrible. Right? Yeah. Luke Falk and Darnold for you. Take a bow, yep. young man. Against the Patriots both times. Yeah. Here are the standings. Here's the table, if you will. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give a couple different uh, variations of this. Jonathan is in the lead with four, uh, four wins, I guess you would say. Judd with two wins. Rami with one. I have not had a win so far this year. And total points. John, Jonathan has a point system here. Jonathan leading with 21 points. To Judd's 19, to my 16, and Rami in last place with 14. And we still welcome punishment ideas. You can tweet at them, at Phil Mackey. Can I serve one of my sentences this week, please? I don't want to have to serve, like, <laughs> six punishments in, in the last three weeks of the season. Well, I think we just came up with a really good one here, actually. I don't yeah. think you did. Rami hates what? musicals. Oh, God. There's a lot of high school auditoriums around the Twin Cities. I think See, we that's send in, Rami that's and a review, high school and a review too, perhaps? Yes, yes. 100% review. That's insulting to these young people who no, I'm sure not. are working very, very hard on their performances oh, we're not that worried they about care them. very You're much about. You're giving them free advertising. Send me there as a punishment. That that's that's not fair to these young people. Kids don't so you'd rather me. be sent to a professional production as punishment? That's, that's also, not that's just also, as insulting. That's also, it's also insulting. I just think it's a bad idea altogether. We shouldn't do it. Now we're definitely doing all the this. more reason to yes. do it. Yeah, I'm it's telling you guys, what I want is is it's not a punishment if it's fun. a country based musical for him to go to. I'll get looking. That'd be two. That would be a two for one because he hates. Yeah. Can't take country music. Can't I just Can't watch a musical on TV? No. no you have to go in person no, because, and experience it yeah. for three hours. That's like Toy Story 3, but I'm not crying. I'm still not And you crying. can't leave at intermission. You have to stay for all three acts. Well, who's going with me to make sure I do all this? Actually, you know what? Well, we'll send Seth to videotape everything <laughs> that happens. By the way, I would also accept, so we're doing that for sure. Yeah. But I would also accept Rami watching... Like, if we could find on uh, on the built-in Roku device with our TCL TV, if we could if we could live video stream Rami watching, like, a full Garth Brooks concert. No. <laughs> oh, my no. goodness. No. Volume up. No. For three hours. No. <laughs> Absolutely and, not. And then, during his bathroom break, someone could go with him it's into like, the bathroom at the same time. This could be awesome. And talk to him the entire time yeah, about knock, the concert. See, see, you could knock all these off in a day. Dude, that is seriously like Clockwork Orange type stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> to make me sit and watch an entire Garth Brooks concert? No. 
Absolutely if you want to not. knock all these out in one day, no, and in one go, how about this Chris is... Gaines instead? <laughs> really? Can you watch Chris Gaines instead of Gareth no. Brooks? No, that's not any better. <laughs> Anywho, let's fire up the that music. Let's, right uh, there. let's uh let's make our picks for this. We week. didn't pick a punishment. Well, we know we did. We've got a full You're list. not listening. You will be. You will be going to a high school musical. I am looking for one for you to go to now. By the way, I like how you just said we didn't pick a punishment when we no, just we picked the punishment. Just picked punishment. You're going to a high school musical. Clear your calendar. He's so disappointed. We gave him the TC oh. Bear mascot audition last week. He's like, "Yes, punishments are great." Now we give him this punishment. He's Did not we find excited out for when not disappointed. Did we find out when the mascot yeah. audition is. I haven't seen an a update. No, yet. A note has been sent. Okay, they have not been super quick to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell them it was part of a punishment? Because that's probably why they wouldn't be. I, I I told them we'd like to have some cameramen there. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> how it's we'd work. like to have a little stake in the game. Just a little taste. All right, here are the rules for people who are new to this segment. We uh, we can only pick we can only pick quarterbacks once throughout the season. So if you've already picked a crappy quarterback, Sam Darnold, you can't pick him again. And we all have to pick different quarterbacks each week. Again, it's performance measured by QBR on a scale of one to one hundred. We're looking for the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this week, and the order is Rami first, me second, Judd third, and Jonathan fourth. So Rami, <laughs> Rami's so mad right now. You're too open on the mic, son. Give me Baker Mayfield. Oh. Wow, that was that, that's sneaky, and yep. Danny's gonna be mad, and I love it. Going against the Patriots, yep. he's playing Smart the choice. in New England. <laughs> and what what's his uh, what, what's his face guaranteed a win today? Oh, Jarvis, no, no Jarvis, Jarvis Landry, Landry said oh. we're, we're going there to win. Come on, we're going there to win. What are you doing, son? I feel like they should just shut up and take their beating, and then yeah. I try to get their season back on track. But that's a good pick. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Andy Dalton against the Rams. Andy Dalton road oh, game. Man. The are Bengals you, are tanking. Andy guys, Dalton's terrible. You guys just played right into me. Thank you very much. Because I'm picking next, right? Yes, you are. I'm going to take my I'm going to take my chances here and say that Matt Ryan on a terrible Atlanta team Ooh. with a sprained ankle is not going to play, and that means Matt Schaub is going to play. So Ooh. I'm going to roll the dice here because I'll take the fifty if I have to. Yep. But uh, Matt Ryan has yet to practice this week. There is no way this guy's going to play for that team. Matt Schaub, kind of like that. That's a ballsy pick. That's a lot of research right there, too. I'm going to go... Home, took I've a nap, came back. <laughs> I've already gone with one quarterback with the last name Allen. I'm going with the other one in the league starting right now. Kyle Allen starting for the Panthers against the 49ers, going across country Ooh, really? against okay. one of the best defenses in the league. He's been really good so far this year. I'm willing to take my risk that the 49ers defense will be able to shut down <sighs> a backup quarterback. Jonathan's got the Midas touch this year, so... I'd love to mock you. Guys you guys questioned me on a previous Panthers quarterback. I've before. questioned you a lot this year, and you've been against another West Coast California team. Four wins. All right, there it is. That's the quarterback cesspool challenge. Look at updates instantly too. This is great. This spreadsheet's awesome. I love technology. How do I get to that again? You search Check for your it. Email? It's, it's, in, uh, it's in your it's email. Just go to highschoolmusicals.com <laughs> backslash cesspool challenge. Hold Katie on a says second uh, send Rami to the Chan Hasen dinner theater. They are playing Mamma Mia. Oh, oh dude. my God! Would you do that? I mean, I'll, I'll be your date for that. Look, I'll, I'll I was gonna say I might tickets. go. Uh, come on, if we all did it, show, I mean, I'm not gonna. Not yeah. as a punishment. We'll do I'll, a punishment. I'll do respect to those people and their craft, and I'm sure they work very hard at it. I'm not gonna enjoy it, but yeah, I'll serve my punishment. I'm Is this a man like of a honor. phobia thing with with musicals? No, I just hate musicals. It's just a pure hate thing. What's your least favorite musical? I couldn't even tell you. I just don't like them all. Sound of music? You like sound of music? Nope. 
West Side Story. Uh, no, bad. None of those corny Elvis ones from no, the 60s? None of them. Actually, somebody tweeted in, uh, I should watch Nightmare Before Christmas. That I actually did like. That I actually did like. That's the one musical I did like. Hold on. I'm going to see if there's any country music musicals. And I almost went to see, uh, what's the musical that the guys from South Park made? About Mormons. Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. Oh, the South Park guy. I had, okay. Yeah, they did. I had tickets to go and see that, but the Cubs were playing in the World Series the same night, so uh, we did not go. Would you see a Cubs-centric musical? No, there is one. What? Going on Bleacher in Chicago Bums. right now. Right? No, there, no, that was a play. There's a musical. Okay. Like, really? Yeah, like the Miracle Year or something. I don't even know you what it's called. You would go see it? No, absolutely not. Can you go sing in it? I have no interest. I need Zero a picture. You know, another punishment it's just could be, so annoying when people break out into song. I think another punishment could be stupid you, and unbelievable. A punishment could be something that Judd does on his own, anyways. <laughs> I like it. Rami goes Excuse to me? a high school sporting oh. event wearing mesh shorts and a long coat. <laughs> <laughs> you try to get me arrested, dude. Oh, you don't get arrested for <laughs> Take it. it I've done it. Judd, that combination. Come on. It wasn't. We had a big discussion listen. a few years ago on the show about Judd going alone to high school, high school sporting can events. I straighten, can I straighten this out? I have been to a high school hockey game with a long trench coat on, which people found to be odd. Whoa. And I've been to a high school why. football alone. game. Alone, by alone, the way. Yes. Doesn't know anything. Standing in a corner with a bag of popcorn. Now, now so where were you mesh? holding the bag of popcorn? Now, the, hold on a second. Just to be clear, the mesh shorts were it's worn to a high questions. school football game without the long coat on. So there are two different things, but people found them both to be odd. It's a little weird. Is it weird, just just wh- wh- whether you're wearing mesh shorts and a coat or not, if you're just dressed normally, is it weird to go to high school sporting events where you don't know any of the kids and yes. you're alone? Yes. yes. If yes. the teams are good. Super duper weird. If the teams yes. are good. Really weird. But go if the teams are good, else, it's not then weird. it's not as weird. I don't want, no, no one wants to go with me. Yeah. And plus, I don't like people that much. We I'm not going to take Dawn. Still. She's not going to go. She stays home and, and watches live PD on Fridays. You couldn't get Chip to go with you? <laughs> no. He's got kids. He's got stuff to do. No, I go by myself sometimes. It's just a little games. creepy. It's just a little creepy. Yeah, um, I got to... This musical idea, though, I like be it. someone in the media. I like it. How, how about this? Twins, circa 2010 or so. Pitch to contact. We oh must pitch God. to contact. <laughs> we need to get Brian Dunn sing so we, we can up pitch this? to contact. What if we up this punishment? Rami has to perform in a music. No, I will not do that. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a see. Then that's the. Then that wipes out everything. That's we could the, get him to season long punishment. Yes, then that, that's a season long. He has to do one night in nope. a musical. I'd rather serve seven punishments. <laughs> no. Did Absolutely you see not. Jim Hoy is available? Jim Hoy, oh, Jim Hoy, just God. trade J.J. Hardy for oh, Jim Hoy. God. Oh, my God. All right, Maggie and Joe with Robbie. Hold on a second. Quick question. No, Quick no. question. How is Robbie Grossman a Gold Glove finalist in left field Phil Mackey? Yeah, how about that? What, how, what did, happened? Did we miss something? Yes, um, clearly. Robbie Grossman was one of the worst outfielders in baseball history with the Twins a few years ago. And apparently he's a Gold Glove finalist. I, I haven't watched any of Robbie Grossman in the outfield, but... The fact that Byron Buxton is not going to win a gold glove and Robbie Grossman might means that the universe has folded into itself. So are we taking a uh, team trip to Mamma Mia? Is this happening? Uh, I think it is. All right. Yep. I think it's going I down. still like the high school idea. I'm yeah, going to team building. I'm going to have to get like Do they the serve drinks school. at this place? <laughs> you, you, so, yeah. is, it, would Rami be allowed a flask? 
No. Oh, I, I, I no, he has I to do yes. it sober. No, no, I'm getting He has no. to do it sober. No, I'm drinking. <laughs> he has to do it sober. Remember, they serve you food there. Remember, you the can... sto- remember the story I told you about going to see Titanic yesterday and just uncontrollably, drunkenly laughing by the end of the movie? That's what's happening. As people slipped. Mi- yes. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening at a musical. I don't care if it's a high school musical. I'm drinking. You're going to drink on high school grounds? Good luck with that. Drinking is happening <laughs> at some point in the evening. Oh, it's doable. Give a man a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about TCL TVs here for a second. I'm sure we can find a lot of musicals on this thing. In fact, if we were to just do a quick little search with this Roku remote and just search musicals, we'd probably be able to find a lot of different options for Rami. I'm guessing they have West Side Story in here. I'm guessing they have uh, all kinds of different different things here. You get 5,000 plus streaming channels and 500,000 plus movies and TV show episodes. Uh, TCL is also a huge sponsor of some of the top entertainment platforms around the world, including the Ellen DeGeneres show and obviously Mackie and Judd with Rami. You can stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and you can check out a TCL TV for yourself. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very easy. Go in and you can compare some of the other non-TCL TVs and their picture quality and their uh, navigation menus. And uh, I think you'll find the difference to be pretty, pretty vast. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand, and the studio sponsor here at Score North. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Tightening some uh, trousers. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It's something you're very aware of. You also need to prepare. You know, you need to work. You need to be here. And uh, when you're home, you need to be thinking about it and studying and using the long day on Thursday to make sure you've gone over everything. Uh, there's certainly no excuse, you know, coming away from the game Thursday night to say, well, it was a short week and that's why I wasn't on the details. Um, but there's also an awareness that it's a, it's a short amount of time and let's not overload ourselves. So it's a balance. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I'm going to talk to him a little bit today about some of those things. Just, you know, he, he needs to just focus on his job focus on uh, getting the guys in the right place and doing what he's supposed to do. And there's always some emotions when you're playing a team that you win against. I'm sure Adrian and Case are doing the same thing, right? But, um, you know, it's more important that we focus on what we have to do and his job and what he has to do than worry about all the other things that go along with it. Vikings in Washington tonight. You can find all kinds of coverage right now on scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com. Judd's going to peace out of here uh, before too long and go to the stadium. Matthew Collar. So you'll be able to find later on tonight a post-game Purple podcast on the Purple Daily Feed and uh, also Vikings Vent Line live here on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North app, and also video streaming on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch right after the game is over. So did you guys see the other news that came down this morning, or at least the amazing piece of, I, I guess the only way to frame it up is... Reckless speculation. From Adam Schefter? Yes. This was doubling down on reckless speculation. Because he kind of floated this earlier in the week. On Monday Night Football, he just threw out there, hey, you know, Tom Brady put his house up for sale. His personal trainer put his house up for sale. He's restructured his contract so he can get out of New England this year. Like, a lot of arrows pointing in the direction 
of Tom Brady leaving New England at, in this offseason. And then Brady on WEEI didn't do anything to tamp down those rumors. He kind of just said, yeah, you know, man, I take my life one year at a time. It's That's sort of the great thing about it is you don't know where you're going to be in a year from now or who you'll be working with or where you'll be working. So he didn't do anything to put out that fire. And then Schefter doubled down on it on Get Up this morning. Yeah. He said, oh, by the way, do we have the audio of this? I should have checked with you two minutes I, ago. I, I know we played it on Score North Live today. Cool. So it's somewhere um, there. Hold on a second. Sorry to train wreck this segment by not being prepared three minutes ago. Here it is. This is Adam Schefter on Tom Brady. He said, look, there are three options, right? He's either staying in New England, he's retiring, or he's going to go play somewhere else. I would think of those three, that staying in New England, to me, would seem like the least likely option of the three. But wait, we'll wait. see. The least likely option of the three. I think there. I think you could go any which way. I think all three are in play, but I think it'd be more likely to retire or even perhaps move on than it would be to stay in New England. We'll wow. see. Wow! Wow! Okay. Wow. Reckless speculation. So, is this his continued, almost what seems like uh, slightly below the surface feud with Belichick? Is this is this him proactively m- making it clear what, what's What's going to happen if Tom doesn't get Tom's way? Well, what other reason? Let's 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 try to reverse engineer this. What other reason would he have to play anywhere other than New England at this point in his life and career? It's the only place he's played twenty seasons, half of his life. He's forty-two years old. They've got a house. They've the, his kids have grown up there. Yeah, you know, the, the, to me, the only reason you would ever have. To leave, and it's not money. The guys, for God's sakes, between the two of them, they're worth a billion dollars or something, right? No. So the, the only reason would be I want to do it on my own without Bill Belichick. Or I want to keep playing and I can't stand him and I just don't want to work with him anymore. Because right? when Brady left to go somewhere else, it was they had another quarterback sort of pushing him pushing him out the door. Or what did I just say? When Montana, Brady. When when Montana, Montana left, they had a guy ready to sort of push him out the door. When Favre left... They had a guy ready to push him out the door, and the teams were kind of saying, like, thanks for everything, dude, but this is it. Good luck in your next chapter. I don't think, now that they've traded Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett in the last couple of offseasons, I don't I don't think that the Patriots are in a hurry. Bill Belichick, I can't imagine, would be in a hurry to push him out the door for his successor, well, who's not there. And that, you just hit on the only other explanation for this, would be if he knows Bill Belichick is retiring after the season. If he knows that he wants to keep playing, but Bill Belichick has said behind the scenes, I'm done, I'm good, win or lose a Super Bowl, this is my last season, they've traded away draft picks for current players, is it possible Bill Belichick told Tom Brady, uh, uh, onto, onto my boat? I don't think so. No, I, I think this is more, I think this is more about the, um, the splintered relationship between those two than, than a unified stance at some point and Tom knowing something. I will say this, though, what occurs to me now, because here's the thing that I've always wondered about Bill, because Bill, you know, Bill's an incredible coach, but not exactly the world's greatest guy. And he gave Garoppolo, basically, to Shanahan and San Francisco, right? And the rumor was, well, he liked Kyle and Garoppolo had done a good job and he was never going to play for the Patriots. But here's my question now. If he knew, because Bill's diabolical. If Belichick knew that Brady was going to force his... I love the word diabolical, by the way. And Bill is diabolical. Yeah. But if if Belichick knew that Brady was eventually going to try and force his way out at some point soon, 
would he have sent Garoppolo to the one place that he knows Brady would love to go to end his career? Because he grew up a 49ers fan. He grew up, I don't think, too far from Candlestick Park. That would be, if there is one place that Brady would love to probably go take one more crack, one more shot, it's San Francisco. And so you say he got a quarterback. Yeah, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. But so Judd's saying that that this is like third level. Judd's saying that Bill Belichick blocked the only other place that Tom Brady would go play. Knowing that this could happen eventually. (laughs) That Brady Brady grew up a 49ers fan. That is diabolical. He loves that team. And and this would sound like a Zolgad conspiracy, except to Phil's point, Belichick thinks not first, not second, third level. This guy is always thinking because he's just—he's a smart dude. This to me strikes me. See, as, but if this is, I'm going somewhere to get revenge on Bill Belichick. He goes to the Jets because Bill Belichick absolutely hates the Jets, not, and they're right there in the division. True, but there's one flaw there. What's the, that? The Jets are such a dumpster fire that Brady's going to know that he probably can't save them. The Jets are so poorly run. You know, it's the team that is tailor made for Tom Brady to come and join and be a Super Bowl contender immediately. Mm-hmm. What team? Uh, the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Just saying. Just putting it out there. That's actually incredibly true. Rami's correct. It is. You're not going to get a fight in this room. The Chicago. There, there's a short list of teams because if if he's going to play somewhere else, he's not going to. It's not going to be a fixer upper, right? It's going to be correct. a team that it's like the 2009 Vikings. Brett Favre wasn't just going to go play anywhere. He's a piece. That's Need a defense. Put him over the edge. Yeah. Yep. And I'm I'm looking around and trying to figure out. The Chicago Bears are a great one because they could be ready to move on from the young quarterback. I mean, yeah, that's a reality, right? They're in almost the same exact position the Broncos were when they got Peyton Manning. Yeah. Young quarterback who is on the verge of being declared a bust. Great defense. Well, to Phil's point, Bikes and Favre. Could I make it's a not case that far off. for another team with a Bill Belichick connection? That if you just gave them a better quarterback, and they'd have to find a, a couple offensive linemen too, but Cleveland. If Tom Brady went to Cleveland... If you Baker Mayfield is I don't think not, Cleveland is ready to pull the plug on Baker Mayfield yet. I think if, the Bears are Tom closer. Brady came knocking and Baker Mayfield kept being a pain in the ass and worrying more about feuding with Rex Ryan. Were they pull the plug games? Baker they, Mayfield has 11 interceptions in 6 games. He's terrible. But the question is would they pull the plug that quickly on him? Chicago's if, per- perfect cuz it's just like, "Hey Mitch, um can you move to to the right just a little bit?" And wear this baseball cap. If Baker keeps playing like this, and by the way, I don't want to hear about tipped interceptions because his QBR is also like 38. So his, I mean, it's (laughs) terrible. Don't talk to Daniel Cunningham. (laughs) He'll tell you all about the tipped interceptions. If you put Tom Brady on the Bears or Tom Brady on Cleveland, those are Super Bowl contenders. I think the Bears are a slam dunk great option. He's played outdoors. He's played in snow. He's played in cold. Bears defense is still going to be good, I believe, unless I'm mistaken here somehow. Um, offensively, I'm not saying they're great, but they'd be good enough. How about this one? No, no, I'm not. No, throw it out there. No, I mean he's no, do it. The Vikings. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't see how that's possible, Phil. With the salary cap situation being what it is, twenty eight million dollars. Tom doesn't need the money. Oh, stop. Tom's a free agent. Hey, Kirk. Tom, we got five million dollars for you. We got six million dollars for you. So you're saying? (laughs) So you're saying, Tom? Parachutes in and says, I'm the captain now. <laughs> and Kirk's like, what happened? I was just quarterback here. I used to play quarterback here. You like Wouldn't that? that be fun, though? Well, Tom, of course it'd be great fun. Warren Moon, Brett Favre. It'd be very Vikings. Randall Cunningham. I mean, it would be, I've said Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck comes back, he makes sense for the Vikings. 
But um, just saying, there's probably only two two teams. I really, and the Chicago Bears make the most sense. They really do. Rami's right. Oh, that'd be so cool. They make the most sense. By the way, the Patriots traded uh, defensive end Michael Bennett to the Cowboys for a seventh round pick. Oh, that's that's not surprising. He, not surprising. He got all. suspended for a game, right? I think so. Recently, yeah, he did something stupid. I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. But Tom Brady in a Bears uniform. Oh man, that would look amazing. Oh, that would be. So I would. Cool. I, I would actually sign up. For, I know it's in the division. It would hurt the Vikings, but that would be man. You'd have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford. But it's ended. That. It's ended kind of badly for all these other quarterbacks we're talking about. These legendary quarterbacks who went to finish their careers past their peak for other teams, like for. I don't need to tell you, Brett Favre. And actually, if 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 it would have Montana, but it didn't end. Ter- if Brett Favre hadn't played in 2010, it would have been his great. I mean, it was his best season. We're talking one more year. Season. We're yeah, talking it ended, one. It ended in heartbreak. None of these guys got Super Bowls in their last stop. I mean, Peyton Manning. That's true. Favre ended in heartbreak, but he had an MVP type season. Hmm. I, I think if you told Favre you could take 2010 back, he'd say take it back in a second. I think if you went to Favre and, be, and say, 2009, wiped out too, Favre says, no way, I'll play that season. I was an MVP. So uh, That's how I'd say it, too. Speaking of quarterbacks and Brett Favre, we'll talk to a guy who backed up Brett Favre. When we come back, it's Sage Football Wisdom. Vikings, Redskins, about two hours away. And uh, you can find Vikings Ventline right after the final whistle here on Score North. Welcome back. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. Uh, by the way, on that Score North app, you can find two daily Viking shows on demand and live. You can listen to all of our stuff live, too. But Vikings Ventline is six days a week, and tonight we will have Vikings Ventline right after Vikings and Washington, and uh, also Purple Daily five days a week. Matthew Collar, uh, he's joined by rotating co-hosts, including Alex Boone, who ruffled some feathers earlier this week, and our next guest, Sage Rosenfels, who joins us every Thursday here for some Sage football wisdom. And, uh, you know, we're we're in the spirit of... We've got Kirk Cousins playing his former team. We've got Case Keenum and Adrian Peterson playing their former team tonight. Uh, did you ever get a chance to square off against a former team? And uh, do you have any any stories about squaring off against former did teams? Did I ever square off against one of my former teams? Well, I definitely backed up for a lot of games yeah. against uh, my former teams. <laughs> were, you, were, were you extra aggressive in the uh, the film room that week? <laughs> extra, extra motivated to put in, put in some extra time to help that starter. Absolutely I was. You know, my uh, the year with the New York Giants, which would have been my fifth team near the end of my career, 2010, we played my former, t- like former coordinators that I had played with. Not always former, sometimes former teams, but a lot of times former coordinators that that were now at a different place uh like six or seven times or something and our defense had great success in those games I, i'd like to say and i spent a lot of monday and tuesday talking to the defense coordinator about this is what they like to do in this formation this is what hurts this protection you know when you're a quarterback you do know the challenges and the limitations of the different offenses that you're in over the course of your career so yeah, I, I like to think that. I tell you, when when we when I was at the Giants and we played the Vikings, who I had just been traded from, uh, it was the roof collapse game yeah. uh, in Detroit. Yes, that's right. And I mean, uh, I was extremely motivated that week for uh, us to come to Detroit, not even Minneapolis, to to kick the Vikings' butt that time that week. And and, uh, and again, had pretty good success. But we just had to beat Joe Webb at quarterback. So uh, it, you know, I, <laughs> I can't really take too Joe much Webb. credit for it. He's trash talking Joe Webb, who's still playing. Hey Sage, take take me through that that game and that those days because it, as I recall, it snowed on Saturday. We we heard that the uh, roof was leaking badly, 
uh, close to caving in by Saturday night. But the story that I've always heard from the Giants' perspective, but have uh, not had the opportunity to ask you about, is is that you guys were actually diverted to Kansas City and then stayed there and then w- went to Detroit. And how weird was that to play what amounted to a neutral site game in a place where you probably wouldn't go on vacation? If you had the chance to go to a lot of places, you probably wouldn't say, you know where I'd like to go for a game? Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> well, you, know what's am- you know what's amazing is... Um, uh, I, I'd forgotten that detail in that trip. I'd forgotten that we ended up going to Kansas City. I believe it was one of those uh, you know, big storms coming on from Canada, and it sort of just destroyed Minneapolis and, and Detroit and, and probably Buffalo and, and all the uh, probably the Northeast as well. But I had forgotten that we flew to Kansas City, stayed overnight. That actually happened a couple times in my career where uh, you know there was a time where we flew to San Diego from Monday night game from Miami, uh, and there's fire. We land, and everything is just orange and, and, and all smoky, and, and uh, there have been all these fires, and we, we ended up moving the game to Arizona the next day. It was a Monday night game, like Junior Say I returned to San Diego. I, I, I had a couple strange road trips uh, over the course of my career. Stayed in Appleton, Wisconsin um, uh, also that year with the Giants. We stayed in Appleton, Wisconsin for like uh, two or maybe even three nights. It was crazy uh, because they couldn't get us out of town or back to New York or something like that. So uh, the, that was definitely a weird trip and uh, it was nice to get that win against the Vikings in Detroit. What does a football team do for two or three days <laughs> Appleton, Wisconsin. Well, if you play for the Giants, uh, you go to Lombardi's, and the Maris pay for everything. That's oh, the, that's what you do. Nice. Uh, they they took care of their team, and and uh, we end up yeah having a situation where we we, we actually lost, uh, got beat pretty good, and, and we stayed all, an entire the entire Monday. I guess we stayed in uh, Appleton before flying out uh, on Tuesday, and and uh, the, the Maris. I was in I was in Lombardi's uh, just sort of hanging out, and and with the equipment guys. Next thing, the Maris bought every one's dinner uh and you know a, a great story too that was an unusual season 10 and 6 season and we missed the playoffs and but i got to play for eli Manning and tom coughlin and and uh that was a heck of a ride i'm envisioning like just a full roster of football players rolling into the culvers in appleton just, just, and all you guys just sitting there with those little plastic blue uh, numbers waiting for your uh, concrete mixers and things you know it's it's, it's by the way the concrete the yeah mixer. so in appleton the paper valley inn is that the paper Valley hotel paper valley is that what it's called the radisson yeah. yes and you, and you eat in the basement. It's not the most. It's like that, that's like that's where the uh, the the big rooms are or whatever. They're in the basement there, so it's definitely not the fanciest hotel you staying in the NFL. So Sage Rosenfels, uh, we sit here almost halfway through the NFL season, and I know there's there's a million different ways to measure quarterback performance. There, you know, QBR, ESPN has QBR and takes into context uh, situation, but good old traditional old fashioned passer rating. Kirk Cousins is number one in the NFL. And he's also number one in yards per attempt, thanks to the last three games. So, do you, do you think this is just this is part of the Kirk Cousins experience, and uh, he's he's feasting over a three game stretch, uh, only to come crashing down at some point, or do you think the Vikings and Kirk Cousins have found? A new level here. Oh, I think he's the MVP. Let's just <laughs> give it to him right now. Should he's we stop the MVP? The I mean, if they voted right now. <laughs> yeah, if they voted right now. Uh, but but just wait. Uh, tonight he might get, you know, the, the Vikings may cut him going into the next year and just eat the $29 million based off of maybe tonight's game. Because, we'll, you know, we'll have to see against the, the Washington racial slurs uh, at U.S. Bank. So um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think he is playing really good football. 
I think he's actually played three of the better games of his career for this long of a stretch. Usually he doesn't go three or four in a row. Uh, but I think the team is also playing really, really well. Uh, and they're playing against not great defenses the last few, few weeks, in, in, in particular the secondary. Obviously, Thielen didn't play much in the last game, but he does have two of the best uh, players uh, at the receiver position in the NFL. He has one of the best running backs in the NFL, and the O-line is really starting to put together. So uh, the way I look at it is the O-line has played extremely well the last three games, uh, which has allowed Kirk Cousins to be uh, what he is, which is a very talented passer uh, and usually pretty accurate and has got a strong arm, and if he can throw on time and go all things. But when things get cloudy in that pocket, that's when his bad game occur so they haven't been clouded again the o-lines played well they haven't played against a great defense or the course last couple weeks i will say though uh the philadelphia eagles were giving up 63 yards a game rushing going into that game and the vikings ran for 122 that's impressive that's impressive for for supposedly a terrible o-line i think they're just getting better i think rick dennison is slowly adding a little bit more detail. You know, they, they've made mistakes in those first games. Then they, they learn from those mistakes uh, with good coaching. I think all the, those little details are starting to sort of come to fruition. I think Bradbury, the rookie center, has played a lot better the last few weeks than he was getting than he was playing before. I mean, he was grading out as the worst often, uh, the worst center in the NFL or the first few games of the season. I mean, in particular, in pass protection, he was just getting pummeled. Uh, but the offensive line is playing really well, which is allowing Kirk Cousins to play really good football. And, and uh, you know, we'll see if uh, this continues, and we'll see if, they, if it continues against defenses that are not very good. And, and this Viking, this this Washington defense, uh, uh, let's see if it, can, it, can, it continues against uh, a defenses that are good at some point in the future. But this Washington defense is not that team. That they're, they're sort of near the bottom of the league in defense as well. Guys, I think Sage has reached a new, level of quarterback evaluation it's sort of blending a weather forecast with with football the cloudy pocket so can we start referring to like like a partly cloudy pocket mostly sunny pocket i think that's where we have to go i, I would say for the beginning of the season it was a cloudy pocket and then there were games where it was uh partly cloudy in the last few weeks it's been mostly sunny it's been nice i want to see sage uh, in front which of a green occasional, screen which an occasional thunderstorm <laughs> an occasional thunderstorm that passes through quickly and doesn't do any damage I I, I so want to see you in front of a green screen explaining all of this with cool graphics. Um, and they're going against another bad defense tonight, Sage, in, in the Redskins. But I don't have them in front of me, but we've all seen the numbers on Kirk Cousins in primetime games. Anytime we bring that up, we get the tweets, we get the calls. That's not fair. That's a random sample size. Is there a different feeling to Thursday night, Monday night, when you're on that primetime stage? And were there guys who didn't necessarily handle that stage all that well? Well, yeah, there is a different feeling to it. I mean, you know you're sort of the, the only game on TV, and football is such a popular sport, and those Thursday night games sometimes get better uh, ratings than, like, World Series games or something similar. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, so, yeah, you definitely know there's a bigger spotlight. It's sort of the game of the week or game of the day, and a lot of people who just love football are watching, and, and you're going to make a, you know, a, a big impression on people, whether they love your team or they're just from fans from other you know teams around the league, and so you know the the, the Washington defense is not terrible. Uh, they're, they're ranked about twenty first in the league, but I think they're I think they're actually a pretty good defense that is made worse than they are because their offense has been so pathetic uh, over the course of the first half of the season. I mean, they're thirtieth in offense. They're really struggling to throw the football and score points. They're last in the league in passing. Uh, and and I tell you what, uh, you know all this talk with Adrian Peterson this week, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but. 
I just watched the first half of the game from when they played uh, uh, the 49ers the other day. They gave Adrian the ball like nine, I don't know what the number is, but it looked like it was like nine times out of like 11 carries on the first drive. Uh, and it was just, you know, just, just, it was in the complete monsoon rain. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what that, uh, what that offensive attack for Washington is because right now they don't have much of a passing game. And, and obviously in San Francisco in that monsoon, they, they heavily relied uh, on, on trying to run the football. So, Sage, help me out here. Peterson is 34 now. He has, according to um, Josine Anderson of USPN, he has a, a high ankle sprain he suffered on Sunday, which is bad enough. He has a low ankle sprain. They are 1-6, if I'm not mistaken, Washington is. What the hell are they doing? I mean, why would you play him? He's 34. Play your third string guy. It doesn't... I mean, who cares? I don't get that. And and to me, it strikes me as a selfish, oh, I'm playing the Vikings, so I'm going to come back and try and play. And if I was the coach, I would say, Adrian, no, you've got your ankle is a mess. You're not playing our third guy. And now, if this was Peterson at 27, then perhaps I'd consider it. But he's 34. Play your third guy. Take your chances there. I, I don't like this. I think this well, is dumb. Do you, do you think Washington actually cares about what Adrian's age is or like what's going to happen to him in the future? <laughs> they don't care. They're going to use him up as much as they can this year. Uh, and that'll probably be the end of the road. But there, he doesn't whole- give them the best chance is my well, point. Well, that, that's, that's, that's up to my that. point. That's that, well, that, that may say a lot about their backups. You know, Chris, Chris Thompson, Wendell, you know, Smallwood. That they, you Smallwood's know, ra- next. They would rather, yeah, okay, they would rather hurt. have a, yep. uh, a, you know, a, an, an 80% Adrian than a 100% Wendell Smallwood. I mean, who knows, right? So uh, that, that's where Washington is right now. This is one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, the Vikings better take care of business. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't, I think they're just trying to, throw out there whoever can give them a chance to win and, and my guess is since you know, with adrian's style of running where he tries to grind out yards and grind out yards he's always run that way that they think their best chance of winning is to slow the football uh, game down and just sort of milk the clock and keep it close and keep it close and hopefully they're within you know a touchdown at the end of the game and a few plays and maybe get to Kirk cousins and and, and win the football game but they can't play uh, you know, uh, the, the Vikings, you know, sort of straight up of, you know, having, trying to have that balance. I, I don't think they can. They're, they're not good enough at the receiver position. They're not good, uh, enough at the O line and quarterback position. Uh, and, and right now they're, you know, they, they don't run the football all that great. So, you know, I think that that's their best bet when you're completely outmatched is just to try to grind it out. And hopefully that you sort of get some first downs, take time off the clock, maybe get a, a turnover two on defense, maybe make a play on special teams, and that's how they're going to win the football game. But sure as heck isn't you know having Case or whoever they have play quarterback, you know, throw it fifty times. Yeah. Hey, what was uh, what was your experience like? Two thousand. Just we don't have to spend all day on this because I feel like no pun intended by the way uh, all day because uh, we've we've I feel like we've spent three days with from what Alex Boone said a few days ago and going back and forth. But what was your experience like with Adrian Peterson as a teammate? Two thousand ten. Uh, two thousand. 2009, early 2010. Yeah, so so I said this yesterday uh, you know, with Matt Collar on the, the Purple Daily. You know, I, my experience with Adrian, which was that really that 2009 season, but I was with him for three training camps and a half of another season. Um, my experience was nothing but good in the sense of the way he worked and the way he you know was, seemed to be a team player and didn't cause issues in the locker room. And, and you know his my, the locker room that year was interesting. I was sort of back in the I think it's like the west corner of that locker room, and and uh, it was Chris Cluey, Percy Harvin, myself, Favre, an empty locker, and Adrian. 
I mean, that, that, that was, that was quite the, uh, the, the stretch. I think Big Mac was over there too. Uh, so, you know, he was, as I said, he worked extremely hard in practice. He was one of those running backs who would, you know, sprint 50 yards after, you know, getting through the line. Obviously, he wasn't hit much in practice, but I, I felt like he worked hard. I thought he worked hard, uh, in the weight room and all those types of things. Now, I will say this over the course of my career, uh, I think that everybody goes through various things in life, uh, and sometimes, a lot of times off the field. That maybe cause them not to be their best self in the locker room or on the field or or do things they probably regret later. Uh, and I know Adrian lives a what I would consider a confusing life to me uh, of how is his personal life is you know how his career is gone. He's got you know he's lived a completely different life than me with his childhood and you know the, the issue with his dad growing up and all these things. It just it's hard to get into who Adrian was when somebody else played with him and i think boone has every right I, there's probably guy there's there's places in my career that i'm not super thrilled about how i acted uh you know in certain ways and and i regret those things and there's probably guys in those teams that maybe don't like me but there's also i think teams that you know that the guys really loved me have me on the team uh and, it, and i had a great experience and it's probably because it caught me at different aspects in different points in my life and i think everyone can sort of agree to that who's lived on you know, on this planet for a couple decades that uh, you know you're not always at your best and, and obviously uh, according to alex he didn't catch uh, Adrian at his best. Who was the most interesting locker neighbor you ever had? I mean, that was a pretty that's a pretty interesting bunch you just reeled off right there. Who's the most interesting and you can take interesting in any way that you want locker neighbor that you ever had, Sage? Oof. Well, you know, I'm trying to think. In Washington, uh, the quarterbacks were together, so you'd go back to you know that was that was you know Jeff George was next door, but he was pretty wow. quiet. Um, uh, yeah, well, Jeff it, George was quiet, really. He was pretty quiet, actually. In huh. Miami, uh, all the quarterbacks were together, also, but we were sort of with the receivers, so you're all sort of locker mates. We were sort of in an area together. That 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 Minnesota locker room. I mean, again, the Giants. I was next to Eli uh, in Houston. I was next to Schaub and the other quarterbacks, and so, but you know that. That Vikings one, the quarterbacks were sort of everywhere. They didn't put us together. It was just sort of one big, really square, uh, and uh, everyone sort of uh, sat in their lockers around the outside. And I don't know if it was on purpose. I do know this. When we drafted Percy Harvin and Favre wasn't on the team yet, I asked uh, the equipment manager, uh, Denny, um, if they would uh, put Percy's locker next to mine. Because I wanted to try to be, you know, I'd heard this kid's a little bit troubled and got, you know, got caught for smoking weed at the combine or whatever and had a little bit of trouble past and that, you know, if I was going to be successful, I wanted to develop a relationship with him. Uh, and they sure enough, they did put Percy's heart, Percy's locker next to me and, and, uh, you know, and, and maybe that helped us that season. You know, who knows? It's a lot of work, Sage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this quarterback is not just throwing the ball to your buddies and not throwing it sure. to your enemies. It's, it's, it's much more complicated than that. At least I always thought it was. Hey, what, if there, there is one to backtrack on your comment from before. If there is one football thing that you did off the field now that that with your uh, wisdom of years uh, gone by could take back, what would that thing be? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I prob- honestly probably signing a contract to come to Minnesota. That was a you know a major mistake that I that I made, and I was hoping to go up there to start, and uh, I got basically the best backup quarterback contract in the league but houston had offered me the exact same deal so i could have stayed in houston backed up shop made the same amount of money uh that i was going to make in minnesota and you know kubiak was putting up huge numbers with shop and andre johnson and arian foster came after i left and you know that offense was dynamic uh, and I could have stayed in the same place. I'd already been there for three years. My son, my kids were in school. Uh, and, you know, after that and after I left Houston, you know, I was in Minnesota for a year. Second year, Favre came back. I'd get traded to the Giants. I'm there for a year. Next thing I know, 
I'm back on the Vikings and then and my career, you know, with the Vikings getting cut, you know, because of Joe Webb, is which is how we started this whole conversation. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that was probably the biggest mistake I made, which was a you know contractual mistake. But I was it, to me, it was my biggest opportunity to finally be the man and, and maybe have a chance to start. I wasn't competing with Matt Schaub in Houston, so I thought here's a place that has Adrian Peterson, that has Jared Allen, that has Kevin Williams, and has Chad Greenway, and and all these guys that in and Hutchinson and Mac and 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 you know I think a, a really really good team. It was the best team, most talented team I ever played on. Uh, but I didn't I didn't really have a chance to obviously play. So uh, that ended up being uh, you know. I was overly aggressive, I guess, or you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a lot of regrets about it, but it probably was looking back, uh, you know, something I m- maybe shouldn't have done. It's kind of tough when, uh, when your circumstance. In all due respect, I don't mean to trash Tavares Jackson, but when you take a job and you think, oh, I just have to beat out Tavares Jackson to. Oh, Brett Favre's here now <laughs> in like the yeah. span of four months or whatever. Yeah, and that, you know, and I thought I had done a pretty good job of trying to learn this new offense. I put in so much time that off season, and I'm flying back and forth to to Houston because I, you know, I was obviously where my family was. So every weekend or whatever, I was flying back and forth, and I was grinding as hard as I could four or five days a week in Minnesota all off season, all summer. Thought I outplayed Tavares in the preseason, uh, but you know, Brad didn't like me, and, and that's just sort of, sort of the way it goes. And and uh, again, I, I wish I would have known that before. I thought he would love me, being that he, you know, came from Wisconsin. Barry Alvarez, yeah. my college coach, Dan McCarney, was like the defensive coordinator when when Brad was the offensive, you know, when when Bevel was there and all that. So I sort of thought I'd have this little leg up going in. Did not realize that uh, that, that Brad was so, um, I, I guess, enamored with Tavares. But which, by the way, I love playing with Tavares Jackson, you know, as a teammate, as two guys who competed, uh, you know, as, as him a young guy, me an older guy, we got along really, really well, and, and uh, you know, I haven't seen him in a long time, but I'm sure if we ever run into each other, we'll, you know, talk so much about that 2009 season and being in that quarterback room with Brett and, and, and that whole crew, so uh, I felt we, you know, built a pretty good bond that year, and and uh, and, and he had a decent career as a, as a backup and, and, uh, and all those things. So, Sage, how quick did you know that Brad didn't like you? Well, I, 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 that's a good question. That's a good question. I think I didn't really understand it until the preseason games. I thought he was just sort of coaching me, and then during the preseason games when I thought I was really out playing Tavares the first game or two, and, and it didn't seem like it mattered, then I really realized, like, you know, I guess I'm the, uh, you know, I, I'm the fool in this one or whatever. But, you know, before that, I, I had some concerns, to be honest with you, I had some concerns about how he saw offense and how he saw reads uh, uh you know of a quarterback when i was um here on my visit on my basically being traded visit they had me come up first to do a visit and then they officially made the trade uh but we we sat did some x's and o's in his office one day and you know from what i had just come with kyle shanahan uh it was you know a long step back for me as far as you know you know uh what i thought was you know deep knowledge of a football that i'd learned just learned from kyle and and from gary kubiak Sage, I got to ask you about Mitch Trubisky being the Bears fan on the show, and I know you're the Mitch Trubisky expert for 670 The Score in Chicago. Well, this, by the um, way, this is an unsanctioned therapy session here. Yeah, okay, yeah. this is not a sanctioned. Therapy He's session. unsalvageable, yeah. Rami. <laughs> um, this is my question. Uh, what the hell? Uh, well, what the hell, Sage? <laughs> okay, okay, a couple things. One, uh, Trubisky. 
not a very good passer. He's okay. extremely inactive. That's not good. And obviously to his left, not good. And we, I always talk about, you know, when you talk about these college kids coming out or, you know, it's accuracy and decision making. Uh, he's not very accurate. Um, and they also have this offense. So, you know, Vikings, sometimes the fans get upset uh, with Mike Zimmer and some people occasionally say we should fire Zimmer. I'm not a big Matt Nagy fan. Uh, I sort of feel like, again, we we're just talking about Brad Childers. I, I'm not saying he's Brad Childers, but there is a thing of, Coaches who played offensive coordinator for Andy Reid, who sort of have the Andy Reid, but they don't really have the, the Andy Reid sauce or whatever that is. And it, you know, I watch their offense; they are they are in shock and all this. So it, it's the it's 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 what we talk about with Kirk Cousins. Um, they are they make Trubisky the complete center point of the entire offense. They are in shocking all the time. They rarely they ran the football seven times the other day. They threw it fifty four times. You're asking a player who is struggling, who's coming off an injury, to be like the Steve Nash point guard or Michael Jordan, do everything. And he should be a he he, he to me, Mitch Trubisky could be like a Jake Plummer maybe. A guy that's not a very good pocket passer, yeah. uh, but is good enough, but could. <laughs> With with the right system, with really this Viking system, imagine Trubisky on the edge, uh, uh, you know, on some of these bootlegs, and not Kirk Cousins who can't really run all that much. You know, a guy that's a much better athlete, and then you really teach him how to throw on the run, and you really you know perfected that because that's using his athleticism. They don't use his athleticism; uh, they force him to be the sort of pocket passer. Uh, and again, their the focal point of their offense is maybe the worst player on their offense. I mean, that's the head coach's fault. That's not Trubisky's fault. Uh, and they do a million things. They're not good at anything. It's like they have all these plays, and they just throw darts at it and go, let's run this one now. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason. There's no play action. Here, here's an example. They, they rarely run bootlegs, but the other day they had a second 10. They had run the ball like five times in the game for like three yards or something like that. They were having no success running the football. They were in charge. It's second and 10. The, uh, I can't remember who they're playing. They're playing like soft cover two. Um, and the, the Bears run a play, like a bootleg out of the pocket and try to take a shot. It's like you, you gotta try to take a shot when you're not even running the football and you're running a, a bootleg of a style of run that you don't even use actually in the running game. Like there's no rhyme or reason here. Yeah. They're just like plays they found and they're running. I mean, I'm telling you, I watched this Bears offense for the last couple of years and, and he, the, some of the reads sometimes are like overly complex, I think, or I, when I can't tell what the quarterback is supposed to do, that's sometimes a problem. I mean, it's, especially if it's consistently. Sometimes like, ah, I wonder what they were telling the quarterback to do there, but I regularly can't tell what they're trying to get done with that offense, and I think it's yeah, it's very much part of Mitchell Trubisky. I I think a lot of it goes on Matt Nagy as well. They won last year not because of their offense; they won because of their defense. The fact that their quarterback could occasionally make some you know key third downs, seeming to running the football more than anything, and they're making some big plays with some of their quick quick guys uh, in the short passing game when they're getting no yards now uh, because everyone just plays zone against them. So, that didn't uh, make me yeah. feel much better. Yeah, how did that make you? All? Hey, hey uh, Jake Plummer though. I'll take Jake, Jake, Jake the Plummer. Snake, man. I would take Jake Plummer yeah. with this defense. I think Jake, yeah, well, I think Jake yeah. Plummer with that defense could go places. Okay, but you have to have the right system right. for Jake Plummer. Yes. And his system in Denver, we're going back to it, is, again, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak. It's zone. 
It's outside zone. It's bootlegs. They ran. It was some. It was some crazy number before Kubiak came to Houston. Is that they like seventy five percent of his passes the year before uh, had been some sort of bootleg or play action. Uh, he was not good at just dropping back in the pocket and reading defense and reading things out. And he wasn't great at that. He wasn't a super uh, accurate passer in that way. But he could throw well on the run. And I see Trubisky is an. Uh, and by the way, the snake was a great athlete. I mean, his nickname was a snake for a reason. But he was a really, really really good athlete but wasn't a great accurate thrower uh and so they you know they sort of that was part of the whole system of why it worked so well and and i think trubisky could work in that you know type of system i you know maybe he'll get cut after the season the vikings can pick him up as a backup wow and and see how he'll do and maybe he's a project then the bears sign tom brady here we go they're gonna sign cam newton yeah or that too yeah. All right. On that note, all of that last few minutes should make Vikings fans feel pretty good about uh, their their quarterback situation. That's why I did it. Sage football for, wisdom guys. every Thursday here on Mackie and Judd with Rami on this is the all new Score North and the Score North app. All right, Sage. We will uh, actually we'll see you, we'll see you tomorrow. You're going to be uh, hanging out. I'm going to drive up tomorrow. I think we're going to do some stuff in the studio at three with Collar, and then maybe we're going to do some whiteboard stuff afterwards. So you know, if the Vikings lose tonight, uh, everyone should get fired. Uh, the owner should sell the team, and uh, they should move the team from Egan. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's all should start over. No, we'll uh, that'll be an audiogram that we will float out and see what happens today. All right, all right see you, Sage. Thanks, Sage. All right, guys. All right, we're going to wrap with Roycey when we come back here. And remember, after the Vikings game tonight, Vikings Vent Line live here on Score North on 1500 on the Score North app and video streaming on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. But before we go anywhere, let's check out uh, the pre owned inventory section at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, where the first thing that pops up when you do a search here. A 2005 Toyota Corolla LE for just $54.95, and you might think, wait a second, that's a pretty old vehicle. That's 127,000 miles. I can tell you from firsthand experience, thanks to the service department and some of the smart, great people inside Luther Brookdale Toyota, I have had Camrys in my family, and I I drove one for a long time. They went up near 300,000 miles because they make those things run like new after 10 years, 15 years, sometimes 20 years, so... A 2005 Toyota Corolla LE with just 127,000 miles on it for $54.95. That is a ridiculous steal of a deal. And it probably won't be there for much longer than 48 hours. So stop in. Open until 9 o'clock tonight. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And uh, tell them Phil Mackey sent you. And also you can just peruse the same website I'm on right now. It's LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. We wrap with Roycey next. Mackey and Judd with Rami. All right. We're going to... We're going to let Pat do the score of download here. Sorry, Pat. We ran super long with uh, our friend Sage Rosenfels, but you get to set the scene for storylines galore tonight at U.S. Bank Stadium. We got uh, Peterson. We've got Case Keenum coming back. Kirk Cousins in prime time. What, uh, what are you, what are you looking the good forward thing to? Is, the good thing is the Vikings are going to cover this 16-point spread or whatever it is. It's yeah. a complete and utter mismatch. Yes. And, uh, the Vikings are playing extremely well. And uh, the offensive line has come out of well, what is basically a several-year coma here. So uh, I think they just romped a victory. And uh, Adrian was for about uh, oh, 13 carries for 38 yards. And, Case will throw an interception to Xavier Rhodes, and then everybody will get off Xavier Rhodes' back, and uh, it'll be a big old hoot nanny down there at the uh, at the XL Energy Center. <laughs> uh, XL, what's the name of that stadium? It, no, the, you got it right. It's the XL Energy Center. Pretty yeah, sure it's yeah. XL Energy Center. <laughs> you nailed it. Listen, my ex was a good 
stuff. I make, I make Ziggy, I make fun of Ziggy, I make fun of the XL, and I get confused. So yeah, anyway. yeah. yeah. So, but uh, I don't, I don't think it's much of a contest, do you guys? I no, I, 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 I mean, much, but this is the problem. In the NFL, when uh, this is the only hang-up that we've had, and even that, even this, we've just said, ah, no. Every time the masses feel one way about a game in the NFL. It almost always goes back the other way, but I just don't it's like the yeah. the Washington yeah, it, Washington can't score points. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And if it's you know if it's a competitive, you know, if somebody's a ten point underdog, yeah, they can come in and win. But uh, uh, you got to you, you got to really snake it out to lose as a sixteen point favorite, and it, it ain't, ain't going to happen. They're playing good right now. Uh, they're going to be six and two, and uh, all the panic will be uh, gone here. And when you look at the second half of the schedule, it's a lot easier than it was supposed to be. So you're looking eleven or twelve wins here, and then uh, then you'll see if they take their traditional puke in the playoffs or not. Yeah, I said I'm looking for them to do what a good team should do against a bad team, Pat, and that's that's beat them and beat them handily and and make quick work of them. And anything short of that should be disappointing to Vikings fans. And this Bill Callahan's one of the stoops of all time, in my opinion, the new coach. So he's, you know, he's worse than Jake Wood never thought of being. He, he, he managed to went down. He managed to go down to Nebraska and start with his now what a fifteen year decline. Right? He was. Uh, he wasn't he the first guy they brought in to replace Olds? Yes, he, he was. I believe that's true. Brutal. I think when TC, I think he was the coach when TCU put seventy on him. If I'm not mistaken. So yeah. anyway, he's terrible. So. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, it's a uh, you know Washington can worry about that. They got the Nats to worry about. They don't have to worry about the Redskins embarrassing themselves. By the way, that city is really down on that team. That stadium is about half full these days when they're playing, and they they have finally decided they hate Daniel Snyder. So congratulations yeah. to them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Nats, by the way. Man, not only are they up 2-0, we've got the, the, the news today, obviously. The Astros finally fired this Brandon Taubman, this uh, assistant GM. That yes. They should have fired three days ago. But, boy, this is, are the Nats yeah. going to win this thing, or do you think this is just, all right, the Astros are going to win it in six or seven. It's just going to take longer. I like, I like the Nats. I, mean, I love their pitching model and a ball game three. Uh, it's just, I, I would be surprised if Houston doesn't win game three and then make, make a series out of it. But, uh, you know, the Nats are a lot better hitting team than people give credit for, too. Uh, you know, they got some solo and Rendon in the middle. And uh, the other thing that I said, and I'll let you go here in a minute, is that uh, Houston wasn't swinging the bats good against the Yankees, so I don't know why we thought they were going to swing the bats good against the Nats, which had much better starting pitching than the Yankees do. So. Yeah. Anyway, go Nats. Go Nats. Well, Pat, if uh, if the Vikings do lose this game tonight, the event lines are 651-646-8255 if you want to call in. Tonight, I'll call in the event line. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll call in and complain. All right. <laughs> All right. See you, Pat. He will, too, by the way. Who does he call in as? Pat is Pat Golden, Golden Valley. Valley. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Percent chance they lose? 12. I was going to say, like, 3. So really? You're more you're negative than that I low. Yeah. So, well... Either Mine way. is the Adrian Peterson revenge factor for what Aaron Bo- for what uh, our guy Booney said. Well, if it happens, I will say Aaron Boone. Yeah, Aaron Boone <laughs> said some bad things about Adrian Peterson too. He said he was a savage. Uh, Ventline after the game tonight. Mackie Jeff with Rami podcast us anywhere you find podcasts.
There was a lot of broiness going on, man. 